fans, Nick Lee here. Welcome back to The Cultural Reset. This week's installment of TCR's Artist Interview Series focuses on teen icon Jazzy Mejia, a former member of the international girl group GRL. Join us as we talk to Jazzy about her experience with the group, establishing herself as an independent artist, and the beautiful people in her life that have helped her there. If you're interested in learning more about The Cultural Reset, joining our team, or even donating to our cause, feel free to visit our website at www.cultural-reset.com. Let's listen in. Thank you so much for tuning in to another entry in the Cultural Reset's Artist Interview Series. My name is Nick, the creator and editor-in-chief of the Cultural Reset. And I am Shannon, and I am the assistant director, but you can call me today. I'm Jazzy. I'm a songwriter and music producer artist. We are so, so happy to be sitting down with you because um, you, I know, have a very interesting story about how you got to where you are. And we would really love it if you could share a little bit of it with our audience because our audience mostly consists of kind of people who want to get their break or kind of get involved in the music industry in some capacity. And they have the potential to learn a lot from the artists that we discuss these things with. So, yeah. Okay, well, I, uh, I kind of got my start um when i was really young my dad he was the vp of marketing at warner brothers when i was born um and then he moved over to rca and then over to universal and so when i was really little i was kind of watching my dad do that and i had some older siblings who were like in music groups and um uh, rappers and like dj i kind of have a big family Um, so I was kind of like a little bit born into it in a sense where my dad, you know, he played every instrument and like, I was always like singing with him and learning songs and, um, doing like performing at my school and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't really start taking it serious until I was probably like 12 or 13. Um, my sister, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar Maybe, maybe not. It was a while ago, but she um, was on this uh, reality TV show. It was called Pussycat Dolls Presents Girlicious, and it was like a competition show, and she won. So when she won, I was um, in seventh grade, so I was 12 years old, and like our lives just like changed so much because so many people were watching this show. So it kind of affected me in a sense where like I was very inspired, but I was also my my personal life changed like at school and stuff because people kind of started to treat me a little differently and where they were kind of mean <laughs> people were just like oh like just like because they could they thought they knew everything from a reality show they thought that they knew me and my family so it was a lot of like I lost a lot of friends and I was treated like I was like made fun of a lot and like just people would say a lot of really mean things to me so I kind of had to leave school at that point um, and become homeschooled. I don't know. It was, it was crazy. Um, but it also inspired me in a good way because I was like, wow, like who cares about the bullying for me? It's glad I don't care about that. I'm just going to like show them, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, and so that's when I really started to take it serious. And when my parents started to take me serious, they're like, okay, you're probably old enough to like really, you know, do this. And so, um we held an audition at our house to um have like create a girl group and um that girl group that I was in um went on a tour around uh 
California for a couple of years, we did the LA school tour. So basically, instead of going to school, we went to other people's schools. And um, we went from school to school to school, like middle schools, high schools, colleges, sometimes elementaries, and performed for the kids, um, talked to them, and then after would do meet and greets. And that's how I gained like a lot of my fan base, was from doing a lot of that face-to-face, like uh, meet and greets and stuff like that, and passing out my CDs and signing CDs and just like really getting to meet and know my fans. And a lot of those people are still following me to this day. I'm 26 years old and I started at like 12. So that's kind of how I got into it and started to grow my fan base. Um, and then from there, I um, kind of that group disbanded and we're still friends. Um, and from there, I kind of grew popped. I've been in probably about six groups. I've really loved being working with other people I really loved being in a group setting I loved like deciding on like choreography and songs and um you know doing the creative process with other people I loved the idea of that um and so I went from groups like you know LT3 and then I went into a group um called Future Stereo and we got signed to an independent label um I was probably 16 when I got signed. Um, it, it was, it was through. I don't know <laughs> if you guys have heard of a Mophie, but a Mophie was kind of the very first cell phone case charger, and they were like thick, and you can like carry your phone around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the guy, the owner of Mophie, is the man who signed me in my group, and um, and also our. The guy who put us together, I don't know if you've ever heard of Rico Suave. Um, he's kind of yes. like a he's kind of like a like a funny quote now, like, oh, you're looking on Rico Suave. But he was like a real artist back in the nineties, like a huge artist. Um, so he's who I actually auditioned for and who put me in that group that got signed. Um that that was kind of short-lived. We filmed a couple music videos. Um, it was with me and two guys, actually. So it was kind of like a little black eyed peas in a sense. So it was it was really fun working with two guys. But um I it just the same same thing, you know, things don't go last forever. Um I think we kind of grew up and we kind of just decided that it wasn't right for us um to be in that group. And then couple more groups <laughs> and then the big one i um i don't know if you guys have heard of grl but grl yes yes okay cool um grl uh is was a huge huge group um unfortunately it was devastating but um one of the members of grl passed away and so um and, you know, I knew Simone, actually. Her name was Simone. I actually knew her um, because because of my sister being in that whole camp. My sister was in the Pussycat Doll camp because of, like, Girlicious. And mm-hmm. my sister was actually one uh, the first member of GRL, which a lot of people don't know. Um, she actually brought Simone into the group. And what happened? Oh. Yeah, so it was Simone, my sister Natalie, Lauren... Paula and Natasha, and it was them five. And right before they got signed, my sister got pregnant. <laughs> so um, she was kind of given an ultimatum. And, you know, that's how the music industry is. It's kind of like, 
do you want to be in the group or do you want to have a family? And of course she chose, no, you know, I want to have a family, but I also want to be in the group. Why can't we do both? And they were like, that's not how this works. And, Mm. um, so she left and was replaced with Emily. Um, so further down the line, um, that tragedy did happen. And, um, two of the girls kind of like disappeared, which were, Emmeline and Paula, they kind of wanted to go and heal and take time off for music. And so, um, but they still had some shows that they were obligated to do as GRL, but they didn't want to do, understandably. Um, And so that's when they went for the search for the new member who could follow through with a lot of those like tours and shows that they had needed to finish. And so, um, you know, they were, they held a small audition, um, I believe, but none of the girls kind of fit. Um, and so because my sister's from the same camp, she's very good friends with all of those girls. She knew what was going on. And then one day she was at lunch with, I think like Natasha and she was like, girl, why don't you just put my sister in the group? And they were like, oh. That makes so much sense. That like literally blew they like they were so excited and they just were just so on board with the idea. Um, but of course I still had to um, audition. So like although they like knew they had known me since I was really little. Like I said, I was like twelve when my sister got into that whole camp. So I, I grew up kind of at, you know, the Pussycat doll music video shoots and like knowing all these girls and knowing Robin. She was like call me her little jazz. Like, so I grew up with all of these girls and they were like, duh, she's like old enough now. I think at this time I'm like 19 or 20 and they're like, yeah, it just makes so much sense. So um, they had an audition at a studio for me. And when I went in, it was Robin and the girls um, and uh, Kenny um, and, and I believe a manager. I don't really remember. And it was a it was a long audition. They had me um, like freestyle. They had me sing. They had me learn choreography. Um, they had me harmonize. Um, you really get to be able to do it all, don't you? Yeah, they literally tested everything um, that they were gonna need me to do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so like, a couple weeks later, honestly, like when I left, I was like, oh, maybe I didn't get it because like they because they were kind of like. You know, they loved me and, and, but they were very, they were, didn't tell me yes right away. And I was like, oh, okay. They were kind of like, okay, well, you know, we'll let you know. We'll give you a call. And I was like, okay, cool. And like, I waited. And um, eventually Robin called me with the girls on the phone and they were like, welcome to GRL. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and, you know, they're like, we're so happy to have you, you know, you just kind of fit perfectly and the girls love you. And, you know, they've known you since you were little, they feel comfortable with you. You can't even know, you've known Simone. Um, so it's not like you're a stranger coming into this world. And, you know, you're, you know, I just, you know, we just love the idea of having you as one of the girls. And I was like, ecstatic, so happy. Um, so yeah, so they were like, also, also we're leaving to Australia in two weeks. So, um, for tour, <laughs> so you have to like re-record all of the songs. 
as well as write two more songs with the girls, as well as as well as learn all of the tour choreography. Um, and then you're performing at a stadium at the Nickelodeon Slime Fest. Like, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was, how old was I? So this was in 2015. Um, so I'm 26 now. I don't know. I'm really, I'm not very good at math, but I believe I was like, I don't know if I was like, yeah, maybe I was 21. I felt young, like 18 to 21. I thought the same. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. I was definitely, um, like young, but I was ready. And like, when you're told something like that, like your kind of whole mindset changes. You're like, all right, like you go into like beast mode. And um, we did, we were in rehearsal almost every day, all day long. Um, don't get me wrong, I was exhausted. And you know, they knew everything. So I was the only one learning um, for the most part. So mm -hmm. I would go into rehearsal and they had all the choreography and they would just wait for me to learn it. And I'd have to like fall into formation and like catch all the moves and do it again and again and again and again and again. And then to the studio to record the parts and then to the next studio to record the new songs. And it was a lot. And then the press photo shoots and then the pre-tour um, pre press it was a lot. It was amazing though. <laughs> like, I mean, it was everything that I had been working for for a really long time. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And so... You know, um, we did one show actually here before we left for tour. And um, it was it was in front of a lot of people. It was that world of dance, I believe, or some some kind of dance thing. It was a it was huge. Um, nice. And like, that was when my family got to see before I left for tour because they really didn't see anything, you know. So my sister mm -hmm. came and like my parents and um and it went so good. It went so good. And it was kind of just like, it like sealed the deal. It was like, all right, like I did it. Like I did it. I know it. I'm ready. Let's, let's hit Australia. And, and then we went to Australia and it wasn't just Slime Fest. We had a whole tour. We, we flew to like a few different cities. We did a bunch of club shows actually uh -huh. and meet and greets and stuff like that. And then we did Slime Fest um, twice in two different stadiums in two different cities. I think it was one in Sydney and one in Melbourne. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, so it sounds like you guys were really busy, like for that first, like, oh yeah, couple, like your first go at it, definitely a lot thrown at you. So you've, you've had a lot of experience in groups and that's yeah. not clear, but now you're working solo. How is that, that transition and, and what is the difference now? So, um, it went from going crazy, like really fast, so much work to kind of like, I don't really know what happened, to be honest. I know that we were being offered opportunities left and right. And, um, you know, it was like GRL is back and the fans took to me very well, which was, which was kind of a fear of everyone's in a way, because it was like, okay, you know, because of what happened, it can be looked at in so many different ways, me being this group. But, you know, fortunately, it it was people were really happy, and they were happy that I came into this group and was and allowed it to, you know, they just wanted to see them on stage again. They just wanted to hear the music again, and so they were just happy. Um, so, like I said, we went from being really busy to kind of the the girls not really feeling it anymore for um for a while, and you know, I was like, oh, this is it. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, and they were like. Yeah, but you have to understand that, like, we're tired. And what we've been through, like, you know, like I said, they 
they were kind of dedicated to do these shows that I followed through with them with. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but after they didn't, they weren't didn't have to do certain things. They kind of didn't want to do certain things anymore. Um, right. They kind of wanted to rest, and understandable. Um, they were like, you know, just give us time, kind of in a sense. And um, Lauren actually had a baby, which is beautiful. Um, and she um, is, you know, building a family and her, she built a studio with Robin and then Natasha's over here being a businesswoman working for like three different businesses and just like kind of doing her thing. And they kind of just didn't, weren't really for it anymore. Um, and, you know, everybody has to be for it, <laughs> for it to, for it to right. you know, thrive, so. So it just kind of ended naturally. Yeah, yeah, and we never said, oh, it was over. We never said, oh, we're done. We just said, we just kept turning down. Well, they kept turning down things. <laughs> and I, and I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever, you just call me when you need me kind of thing. And so for me, I was kind of like, well, dang, like, I don't want to stop. <laughs> like, you know, I, I've been... I, I don't want to stop just because like GRL isn't moving. Like I need to continue Mm -hmm. doing this. And so that kind of put me in the mindset to figure it out for myself. And um, that's how I got into production. And, you know, throughout my whole like career and every opportunity I've been given, I've always kind of struggled with um, producers and, you know, them um, having kind of, second agendas or like not giving me you know the right like full production or being lazy or up charging me after I fall in love with the song or trying to have you know relationship with me just it was it's been exhausting you know and the music is like the center of the dream this dream so it's like when you're not getting your music and you're depending on other people to give you the most important thing it's like tough and so oh sorry go ahead i just wanted to ask you it sounds like you know a few of the things that you talked about has been specific to how the response has been to being a woman in the music industry like you know whether it's getting pregnant and having to make a choice or having kids and having to make a choice or wanting a career and having to make a choice yeah. or being producers that have expectations that, you know, you would never even yeah. have thrown out there. You were just there to push out your music. Mm-hmm. So is this something that you face often? And, yeah. and well, how, how have you overcome that? Well, it's something I've definitely faced since I was young. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you either have to be extremely rich and be able to pay pay them out or they want something else. And it's unfortunate <laughs> because like without a deal and as an independent artist, you don't have, you know, $10,000 to give somebody for a song. You just want the song. <laughs> like you just don't, you're like, can I just like use it and then pay? I pro- I'll sign something that says I will pay you over time or like something. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. And um, it's kind of like, you know, I, I've made the mistake of creating like a relationships with 
producers and not for music, but just because that's kind of what happens when you're in the studio with someone for so long. They're like, wow, you're so talented. <laughs> you're so good. <laughs> oh, wow. Like it's, and then, and then that can mess it up too when you genuinely, genuinely start to like someone. And then, oh, gosh, but so when the whole GRL um, thing kind of happened or that, you know, the slow end of it, um, I was like, I didn't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to ba- basically begging people to begging men <laughs> to give me my music. Like I was so tired of it. And so that's how I got into production. And I kind of just taught myself and um, with YouTube. And I just sat, locked myself in my room and studied for probably like a year or two nonstop. Like, hmm. I would say I started with just learning how to download beats from YouTube and learn how to um, produce vocals. So learn how to record myself, learn how to mix my stuff. And that kind of started the production journey for me. But for the first couple of years, that's what I was doing. I was just learning how, okay, well, I'm not going to go to the studio anymore. I need to learn how to do this. So let me just download beats and learn how do I just make my vocal sound good. I can write, I can write all day long. I've been writing since I was a little girl. So how can I create and build a song uh, myself? So it kind of started there. And when I kind of was able to do that and like my stuff was sounding good, I was like, okay, well, I'm tired of dropping stuff on SoundCloud or YouTube because I don't own it. (laughs) So now let me use those skills to, transfer over to production and what was really cool about learning vocals first is that it's on the same DAW so basically it's the same thing but now you're instead of producing and mixing vocals you're you're mixing and producing sounds and um but everything is in the same place and now that I knew how to do that it was so much easier for me to produce I was like oh I do that for my vocals I just do that for a kick great cool and so um that kind of started to happen. So for a while I was now producing or learning to produce. Um, now that I knew where everything went, now how do I make it sound good? <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and sorry, no, go ahead. What was it like being a, a female producer in the music industry for you once you made that transition? Because I know that the music industry specifically is not kind and is not open yeah. to women being producers. Um, it's a really male, male dominated space. So what was that like for you? You know, luckily my stuff sounded good and my stuff, um, spoke volumes, um, because people were pleasantly surprised. Um, when I started putting things out, I think, uh, maybe the second song I put out reached out like over a hundred thousand streams, um, in like under a month, which for me was insane because, I did everything I mixed it, produced it, engineered it, recorded it, <laughs> and then put it out. So, yeah. um, that must good. oh, it felt really good. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was like, huh, like, whoa, I, I can do this. Like, what was I waiting for for so long? And to be honest, like, I'm sure people always have some negative things to say, but at this point, like I don't have to listen to them because I am in my own world and I'm over here and I'm creating and I'm in nobody else's studio and I don't listen to nobody else's opinion, but 
myself and, you know, my family and the people who care about me. And that's kind of all that matters. And I'm just happy to be out of that bubble. And I'm happy to just finally feel like independent and dependent on, on like myself, you know. Would you say that your mission is almost to be able to stand alone? Like to be able to prove that as a woman, you can be a producer and put out quality and not be a sellout? hundred percent. That is definitely my mission. Um, I think I've always loved being in groups, but I always knew that I eventually wanted to take everything I learned and become the like best solo artist I could be. And, and that's by, you know, learning from, you know, all of these people around me, all of these talented females and males and, um, and taking little by little and, you know, and, and helping me in the long run and not in like a crazy narcissistic way, just in a, in a, in a sense where, um, I respect these people and it, and it's just has really helped and taught me how to do what I do. You know what I mean? Um, and then I also, <laughs> I had, um, I had a couple producer friends as well who would like come come by and like um, teach me some things too. So I wasn't really on my own. It was me and YouTube and like a couple like real like good good real friends, male friends. Um, specifically, this uh, guy named uh, Max Millie, who's like amazing. Um, he talked. Yeah, you've done some collabs. I saw on Spotify, right? Yeah, I think I have like two collabs um, with him. Um, but his music on his own is like insane and he just got signed. So I'm so excited for his album wow. albums that are about to drop, like kind of back to back. And they're so like, they're just so different from anything that's out and like so quality and so good. He's kind of a, like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're talking about this too, Jazzy, because like from what I'm hearing, it sounds like you're very, very self-made. Like you're very, very hands-on with everything that you do. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in our audience are kind of, you know, wondering about how how they can do that themselves, you know? I feel like we're living in a time, especially in the music industry, where, like, it's expected that people are really learning how to do everything. It's very so I just love you talking about that. And I think it's really cool. I want to hop into your your album, your EP, mm-hmm. 7.4. Mm-hmm. Um, Shay and I both listened to it. It's incredible. Um, for usually, like all of your music is just incredible, but this one was really interesting to us because we read that you you wrote it while you were in quarantine. While we we're all in quarantine. So what 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 was that like? And have you kind of seen this time in quarantine as an opportunity to grow personally, musically? How have you grown? Um, I have actually like I'm a bit grateful for this time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sad about what's going on and why this has happened. Of course, like mm-hmm. it's devastating, all, everything going on in the, this year. Um, but it's definitely helped me a lot because I have had so much time to, like I said, write an EP and just get better at my craft. And I also um, started um, sewing and creating designs, which is something I've always wanted to do, but this quarantine somehow pushed me into it. And I'm a lot better than I thought I would be (laughs) Um, so quickly. And I think that's why I pushed it away so far. But as soon as I um, kind of started, I started creating outfits and like 
from nothing. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm in love. I'm obsessed. Why was I never doing this? It's a whole nother way to create and create something physical that other people can appreciate. And it's just, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but the EP I did write during quarantine, um, you know, perfect is about my man who I love so much. His name is Jared and he literally is so supportive. It's insane. And what's funny is that his brother is married to my sister. So um, really? Yeah. So he's technically my brother-in-law, <laughs> but um, he, he has been in my life for a really long time because our siblings are married with like three kids. Um, and we've been, we were best friends first and it kind of just became this. And like I said, he's so supportive of my music. And if you watch my music videos, he's in them. Um, he's just anything I ask. He's like, yeah, sure, babe, let's do it. Whatever, whatever. Except for the Xbox he needs to stop playing the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I know that song must be about him too. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, so I don't know. It just, it just made me grateful, really grateful for him. Cause it's nice that like, you really know you love someone when it's like you really when you're not doing anything and there's no distractions and you're still in love and you're still happy and you're still getting along which yeah. is kind of rare because you know i've never had that before um right and then girls was kind of just me just like wishing for like that kind of night again to just go out with my girls and you know, I love my girls, but, you know, quarantine really made me miss those old days where we got to, like, get ready and meet up and go out with no mask and have some fun. So, you know, but that one actually was really fun to create and write because I wrote that one on, like, on Instagram. And um, I had all of my, like, followers and fans um, send me, send in their names. So I did, like, a little questionnaire and I put, like, a clip to the song I was writing and I said, I want a shout out my fans so send in your names and I've got so many names obviously I could not fit in all the names but I tried to fit in as many as possible because I wanted people to hear it and like be like oh she said my name and like that's her official AP and like she shouted me out and I just wanted people to feel you know connected and like feel like I I do like I am grateful for you and for your support and for just following me and for just being a part of this. Like you are genuinely, truly a part of this. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really fun to create because I made a lot of people just feel really good and really happy. And it made me feel really good and really happy. A great way to use your art for positivity this year, for sure. But also using it as kind of a, a community, which is something that we've definitely been lacking and something that, I mean, we all rely on greatly, especially during times of adversity or difficulty and struggle. It's that sense of community that's missing. And so I was actually going to ask you where those names came from, because you sing that song from such a personal place that it does make him feel like this person cares about me. This is my community. Totally. This is somebody that I can go to during times of adversity. hundred percent. And it, it's not even just about the song. It comes down to, like, I always try to respond to it, no matter how long it takes me. Like, I try to respond to all of my messages and all of my DMs and all of my comments because I don't want to be that artist that, like, ignores their fans. And, you know, mm -hmm. just because I'm too busy or, like, it's fine, they'll comment again. Like, they're following me anyway. Like, I don't have that mindset that I feel like other artists have. I feel like you took the time 
to send me a nice message or to compliment me. And that means a lot. And that makes me feel good. So of course, I'm going to, going to acknowledge that and respond to you. You're a human being just like me. And so I just really want to stay connected to my, to my fan base and to my, you know, my friends, my followers, you know? Mm-hmm. So That's beautiful. I mean, I, I'm so happy that you're an artist that's like that because you do see a lot of people who are not like that, like that sort of mentality. It's just like, well, I've made it. I've, I've done this stuff. Like, I don't really need to, you know, connect with everybody. But, like, you are accomplished. You've been in, like, this huge group. You are, you toured around the world, and you still care about the people that are tuning in to listen to your music, so. I genuinely care, yeah, too. That's so, that's so rad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I also wanted to talk to you about this song that you released in 2019 called Sometimes. Wow. And it starts off with, like, this sort of, I don't know whether it's you or your sister that's talking about one another, but like it seems so genuine and so beautiful. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that was a little clip I took from, uh, it was my sister on Much Music, um, which is kind of like the Canadian MTV. And she was being interviewed um, back when I was like, a, like I was, well, when I was like 12 or 13, it was when she first won the show and she went on her first tour. And, um, maybe it was like her second tour I don't know but she uh was saying in the interview she's like I have a little sister and you know she thinks she's in the shadow but I you'll get your day to shine I promise and she kind of like looked at the camera and like pointed like talking to me and I remember watching that and I was like thanks sister (laughs) and um and that's just something that um, has just always just kind of stuck with me because I feel I always kind of did feel a little bit in the shadow, but it was more just because my sister is a lot older than me. She's six years older than me. So, um, you know, when you're young, six years is a lot. And especially because my sister, because she was older, she was doing a lot more, um, mm-hmm. you know, going on auditions and on TV and, you know, going on tour before Girlisha. She was in the other groups. She was signed already. So I feel like a lot of my upbringing was kind of about Natalie. I, that's how I felt. Um, I felt like you guys just say things. She's your star. Like, but well, look at me. I sing too. And like, it was always like that for me. But it wasn't that. It was just that I was young. <laughs> like, I was like genuinely like a little girl. And, um, and my sister was just busy. And so my parents did have to be with her a lot because she was busy and she was doing things like actual things that they, and, and you know, she was a lot, um, she was 19 when she won on the show. So she, uh, before that she was 18, 17, 16, 15. So my parents were always gone with her. And so I always felt like, what about me? I want to be on tour. I want to be on Disney like I want to do these things and they'd be like yeah one day one day and so I'd always cry about that and I think my sister kind of knew you know how I felt so her saying that was like I don't know it's kind of a bit like a big moment for me because she said it on tv because we never had that conversation face to face would you say that she inspires your music now yeah for sure I think my sister has inspired me my whole life <laughs> I don't think I'd be who I am without my big sister um in so many ways you know so um and she she loves that i produce now so sometimes she comes over and she's like make me a beat let's go and i'm like okay <laughs> and so it's cool because now i have my thing you know my thing is like my production thing which is something that like my family never thought i would get into you know um 
and that's my thing. And Natalie has always had her things, <laughs> so many things. So it's cool that we're different, but we um, now we get to bring our things together and like create. It's cool. Who would you say is inspiring you now? Like in, the, in this, a lot of your music has come out this year and the previous year. So what would you say is your inspiration as far as like your, your sound, your vocals? Um, who do you look to? So many people. Um, you know, I grew up really loving JoJo. I love JoJo so much. Um, and then obviously people like Lauren Hill, love Lauren Hill. Um, and then nowadays, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a huge fan of Janae Aiko. <laughs> I, just, um, <laughs> I love just like the like simplicity and like how she almost talks things, but it's so just pretty and good on mm -hmm. easy listening and good on the ears. Um, she doesn't have to try too hard. And, um, you know, I, I, right now I, I've been listening to like a lot of Summer Walker and um, like, yeah, I'm, I love R&B artists. What can I say? I love R&B artists. I also love some pop artists too. I really loved Avril Lavigne growing up. I think I'm going to put out a rock album. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Don't tell everybody. <laughs> um, I was literally just talking to my boyfriend about that the other day. I was like, I'm going to get a band and like put out a, like a rock album. <laughs> He's like, do it. I mean, nobody's stopping you. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I agree you should do that too because like honestly from what I've heard you really seem to be capable of a lot of versatility like that's one thing I really like about you as an artist and I love that about every artist that I'm a fan of they're all versatile and you have the sort of thing about your voice that can be applied to so many different genres so many different like interpretations of like feelings and everything so it sounds like you like a challenge that's what it sounds like right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. And also, you mentioned earlier on, uh, before we were recording, that you are working on something now. Do you want to talk about that? Um. Yeah, I I actually haven't talked about this with any like anybody yet, and I don't want to get too much into it. But um, that's fine. Totally. Uh, base. I don't know if you guys have um, kind of seen that there's little like hints to a little GRL come back coming. Um, really? <laughs> I'm hyped now. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, I don't want to say too much, but I will say that I'm not going to be a part of it. And I'll kind of just leave it at that. <laughs> But um, they uh, may be coming back. So I'm working on something. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, happy for you, whatever it may be. And, you know, we would love to circle back afterwards. Yeah. For um, sure. Yeah. But so, for, and I know that we're, you know, we're right at the point of uh, where we need to wrap up, but. What would you tell to our listeners, you know, who are young artists, maybe just working in the music industry, maybe wanting to become something bigger? Um, what advice would you have for them? I would say learn everything you can about the music industry. Um, 
learn how to do things on your own. And even if you don't want to, know how to do it so that you're not going into situations clueless. You know, read, read up on production, read up on vocals, read up on how to, how to song write, read up on how to um, creative direct. <laughs> all, mm-hmm. all, all aspects of it. Um, learn as much as you can about it so that you are always, you know, um, on top of your game and that so nobody can have control over it. I would say that. Um, YouTube, YouTube, man, the things you can learn on YouTube. It's insane. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, not to be cliche, but like, there's going to be really, really high highs, but the higher the highs, the lower the lows. (laughs) And so you just got to, you know, know what you're doing it for and get through those lows to get back to the highs. It's a serious roller coaster and you just got to hang on (laughs) for dear life, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jazzy, I want to thank you for coming on again. Um, I also want to just let you know that I appreciate you being so vulnerable and like talking so much about like you, like who you are, your relationships. Um, we appreciate it. We know our audience is really going to appreciate it. So like Shay was saying, we love to circle back with our artists um, later on down their journey. So oh, we can check up on them, see what's changed. So we'd love to check in with you. Yeah, We're all about uplifting people and being able to tell your story from your perspective because we think that that is the reset that needs to happen in the music industry. The power needs to come from the artists. For sure. um, Which is something that, you know, has been taken advantage of in the past. So in this time when the music industry is so weak, Mm -hmm. or not weak, but like, you know, (laughs) struggling because of of this um we want to be able to rebuild it in such a way that we can really uplift mostly and lgbtq people mm-hmm. and women who have struggled in the music industry in the past yeah. so your story has been something we are honored to be able to feature on our page i appreciate so, you guys you. so much for having me thank you seriously thank you i love that you guys are asking like genuine questions and it's not just like what's your favorite comment <laughs> 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 I, love, no. I love having real conversations and I always just want to be, you know, open and honest hundred percent. And I'd love to circle back as well um, one day. So, yeah, absolutely. Cool. We'll stay in touch and, you know, stay safe, stay healthy. Same um, to you guys. Take care of yourself for sure. You so too. thank you. Right. Take care. Jazzy. All right. Bye you guys.